Welcome to another episode of the Autism Everyday podcast. We are your hosts, Geeta and Swati. Welcome back. Before we go any further, we'd like you to give us a thumbs up star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one you use. The more ratings we get, the more this podcast will appear for parents like you who are using keywords such as autism or parenting and you know that way we can actually help families gain access to evidence-based podcasts regardless of where they are in the world yeah so if you haven't already please pause and hit the rating button yeah do that <laughs> so today we'll be talking about the questions that uh, every parent may have on their minds and uh, this list is actually really based on the questions that many families have in the past uh, asked us in the course of a discussion you know particularly soon after a diagnosis of autism or even a suspicion that the child uh, may fall under the autism spectrum disorder yeah right so yeah the question number one uh, something that uh, is asked the most often have you seen someone like my child before that's a good one um so chances are that we have So the short answer is yes and no. <laughs> yes because over time we see trends and patterns in skill sets that you know kids come in with uh all within the autism spectrum, right? Um but also no because despite everything and despite all the number of families that we've consulted for and all the kids that we've worked with every single child on the spectrum is completely unique True. we have i mean just to very broadly put it we have the talkers and then the late talkers and then we have the self talkers and then the non verbal <laughs> and then the verbal but not communicative and then the occasional talkers and that's just one way to look at it that's just one way <laughs> and then within these bifurcations we have the social ones and also social ones the partly social ones i the list is endless the ones with repetitive behaviors the one without repetitive behaviors i mean we could go on and on yeah the ones who have refined motor skills some kids with perception issues motor skill problems kids who require multiple prompts kids who can get easily distracted kids who love company kids who really don't like being with <laughs> with other people or with other children and then those in between who are just yeah. okay with it right yeah it takes all kinds and and yeah we can have um the social autistics yes uh, i mean i love saying that because it always takes people back by surprise that you can be social you know you can be social and on the spectrum yeah. Yeah. and then you can be not so social and then also be on the spectrum right which yeah. fits into the more uh, well known definition of autism yeah So yeah you basically wouldn't believe the various kinds of autistics that we know and love yeah it truly takes all kinds doesn't it yep so you know long story short yes and no <laughs> chances are we've probably seen somebody whose profile might let's say loosely match with the, the one mm-hmm. that you know your child has yeah um so the next question that we have is i know it's too early to tell But do you think he can become like other kids? Maybe a little quirky, but can he still be like other kids? <laughs> uh we get asked this a lot. Yeah. Right? Um, And understandably so. As a parent, you know, that's something that you want to know, especially when someone tells you that, "Hey, I think your child is on the spectrum." Yes. Then you want to know, "Okay, is he going to be like other kids? If not, what's he going to be like?" Yeah. And you know, these are very valid questions. Yeah. And these all of 
two and a half or three now yeah right so this is not something we can answer you know precisely but here's the thing the chances of falling out of the spectrum or in other words becoming like a neurotypical child that's very slim right because you got to remember that your child has autism and the trajectory of development is based on so many variables that you can't really predict the outcomes mm-hmm. yeah the primary um, variables you know would be the quality and the quantity of intervention the extent of parent and involvement and uh, of course most most importantly acceptance of the parents and the family right i love that i mean that's got to come you know throughout their life from the moment they're diagnosed uh, acceptance yes all around all around and then beyond this of course there is the extent of you know impact of the um, of the of the presence of autism on the child what about the presence of comorbidities and of course it's never uh, said too much but acceptance from the entire family ultimately keep walking with your child and that will really determine his outcomes absolutely yeah so now the one that we get asked you know every single time we meet with somebody <laughs> is what exactly do you do in aba you know is it a form of therapy is it like a school yeah is it a cult yeah yeah <laughs> um a tough one actually um and a much maligned one sometimes <laughs> unfairly yeah, so unfairly so so aba is actually a set of principles um, that focus on how behaviors change or are affected by the environment as well as how learning takes place because it's always seen as i don't know behavior modification and things like that but it's also about learning and it's about teaching so the principles of aba represent best teaching practices that keep in mind the motivation of the child and of course the functionality of the skills taught and the outcomes that are expected it's not therapy it is not some magical thing pretty much any skill can be taught using these practices and what we do focus on is age appropriate skills learned to independence well said yeah so uh, you know that leads me to the next um, hard to answer question if my child spends say 3 hours in a center you know which uses aba what exactly does he do there <laughs> <laughs> Okay so let's let's go with you know if your child spends 3 hours at a center like like we can mm-hmm. right that uses aba then this is a question that calls for some detailing so the principles of aba can be used to pretty much teach any skill to the learner and when a child comes in with a diagnosis then the first thing we look at is the obvious difficulty right which is that of communication uh his inability to communicate effectively in a way that everybody would understand uh leading to frustration sometimes his ability to interact with others and you know just be able to learn from the environment yeah. to understand some some level of nonverbal communication and if he's a young one then to be able to play with toys engage himself mm-hmm. to follow 
simple one step and two step instructions to understand language and social expectations yeah some basic level of social expectations right yeah absolutely yeah. so i think most most of the work that we do at we can anyway is on language learning right and language building which is in the form of listening and responding and enabling the child to really express their needs yeah so so important very yeah and there are play skills is gross and fine motor skills life skills life skills are something you know one always either stops at brushing teeth and and bathing or you go on to something like cooking and cleaning yeah but there's so much more in between uh things like even you know recognizing your own bag carrying it maybe yeah opening and closing it being able to pull out uh your snack box or your spoon or your napkin or your book or whatever it might be eating at the right place yeah yeah being able to clean up after eating put everything that belongs to you into the bag and take it back home how to wear your shoes or whatever whatever the footwear you're wearing Oh, uh, your clothes. I mean, the list is endless. Just being aware of so many little things that every person and every child needs to do. Then there is an exploration of interests. What about leisure skills? So how the day pans out will vary with the baseline and the age of the child, and the focus area can also move to you know academic and social skills as and when the child is ready to move on to doing other things. emphasis on on those last yes, words yes. when your child yes. is ready right yeah cool so the other question that we have is what do you want me to do about asd yeah practically everything <laughs> everything you can get your hands on because as a parent you're the one who spends maximum amount of time with your child and it's your support that's important to enable him and it's your support that will help make decisions and inform choices in terms of what kind of therapies that your child goes to because it's a, it's a minefield out there mm-hmm. you know you google autism therapy and you will be amazed at the choices ahead of you so mm-hmm. really your support to make those informed decisions for your child to de- decide on their educational journey and to really be their advocate every step of the way that is the end right to be the advocate for your child absolutely yeah. there are different perspectives on asd and it's really hard to say you know this one is accurate and this is not accurate uh it's it's a gray area right everybody's entitled mm-hmm. to their perspective and as a parent you are in the unique position of being able to understand many perspectives and then apply whatever is relevant to your child because mm. after all no one knows more about the child than you do and if you understood autism then that would be the most perfect situation 100% <laughs> the other question that we often get why should i know more about aba there are people who are trained to work with my child so why do i have to do anything about it Yes, of course there are professionals trained to work with your child and we are never saying that you can con- completely substitute for that unless of course there are circumstances like you know where you live or lack of services and so on. So it's it's like this the child goes 
to center receives intervention and he comes home after the intervention and if the family has an entirely different set of expectations and a very different approach to even 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 responding to the child's overtures or interacting with the child then no one will be more confused than the child himself yeah and consistency is important for all of us and more so for the child who's already struggling to understand and meet the demands of you know society his family his school and his peer group and the sheer number of hidden and si- you know silent norms and niceties oh yeah it's mind boggling and the longer and the more you interact with families and children uh, and uh, young adults with autism you know the more you realize that every little thing can be such a big demand for them and so yeah i think you know we take a lot for granted yes, uh, yes. a lot of things that people who are not on the spectrum can do can be extremely challenging for people on the spectrum so yeah yeah right absolutely so the other question that we've got is my friends kids have similar difficulties as my child but they go for many therapies and they also go to school also yes <laughs> why can't my child do the same yeah this is a question we often get asked because yes families do meet other families and there are support groups yeah there yeah. are support groups you do encounter people so i mean here the answer to this is like every child is different and his or her needs are very very unique acceptance from the family will go a long way in enabling the child this is across the board the family is can be his ally and his strength and these decisions have to be made by each family really based on the child's abilities and needs there is no one size fits all here right so true <laughs> so i hope this answers some of the questions that you guys have in your mind and if you have more please feel free to reach out to us at wechallengeautism@gmail.com until then stay safe 